0: Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield On location, it is National Ag Week, and I've had the opportunity this week to kind of hang out with Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts and Director of Agriculture Steve Wellman as we toured a variety of different agricultural operations. Speaking of soybeans, we went to a soybean crush facility uh, earlier in the day, but I'm doing my report from McLean Beef. It's a family-owned beef operation that, as you can see behind me, has not only a restaurant, but the opportunity to purchase beef straight from the farm in a great storefront. And I think what makes them unique is they have got a vending machine where you can uh, pick your own beef. So there's a little plug for, for agriculture and some cool things happening in the state of Nebraska. We are going to talk about a variety of different things today. No surprise, we're going to talk about Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine's ag minister stepping down. We've got some big USDA reports that are coming out uh, this next week, including the much-anticipated acreage report. We'll talk crude oil, crush margins, cattle and feed, and whatever else we get around to talking about.
1: It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska.
0: Well, welcome back. As you can see on the screen, we are being joined by Mike Zuzalo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics and Darren Fry with Water Street Solutions. So, a busy time in agriculture. Not only is it National Agricultural Week that we've all been celebrating, But we've still got a lot of global things that are happening. I want to kind of kick off, Darren, talking to you a little bit about this Russia-Ukraine situation. And obviously, we're not seeing any improvements.
2: No, we're not. And I think that's what's going to have the trade really concerned as we move into spring here. Their planting dates are similar to ours, and they need to get this thing going in the south and move farther north here as we get through April. But that is the concern. You know, there's quite a bit of corn and quite a bit of wheat, 15 million metric tons of corn that has been exported. And obviously they're gonna grow somewhere between 35 and 40 million metric tons this year if they're allowed to plant it. And that is what really is the big question mark. Will they plant all of it, half of it, none of it? Somewhere in between there, I know, but that is gonna keep corn underpinned as well as the wheat market.
0: Well, Mike, I'm I'm curious, too, because the Ag Minister earlier this week stepped down. Um, some saying it was because of them not being able to move grain through the ports. Others are saying it's because he told um, Ukraine farmers, don't plant corn, I want you to plant cereals. What are you hearing about him stepping down?
1: Yeah, I, I doubt if it was the first thing, Susan, because they have a very modern system there in in Ukraine, and they've been trying to get it over to Poland, and my understanding is they have – different rail gauges, different rail lines completely. They have to offload it and put it back on a different rail system. And and obviously the ports, they're just not going to work right now with the Black Sea being, you know, run essentially by Russia. So I guess, I don't know the reason why, but what I found was very interesting was he officially said it was health reasons. And then about, I don't know, an hour or so after I saw that, I saw that not only were they going to lift their export licenses on the sunflower, vegetable, oil, seeds, and also corn, but they were going to make a more concerted effort, as you say, to go after food, famine-related cereal crops that would be more useful in a war zone as opposed to trying to export out. So I'm I'm wondering whether with them having about 150,000 hectares planted right now as of the end of this week, on a total of seven million hectares, they want to get planted And that compares to normally 15 million hectares that they would have planted before the Russian invasion. Whether that Ukraine ag minister was just giving out too much information to the market and had tightened down the corn and and the sunflower oils uh, too quickly for the government, uh, what they wanted. But I, I don't understand what the problem was with what he did, because logistically, I just can't see it moving yet.
0: Well, having said that, uh, I want to make, since I've got you on the screen, let's talk a little bit about what's happening crude oil wise. And we know that there's still all that talk with Russia. What are we seeing and how is that going to impact what we continue to see in agriculture, especially as we get close to planting season?
1: Yeah, I think you and Darren hit it on the nose. as We are coming into kind of a a, a central point here, a seasonality change where the, the northern hemisphere starts to plant. But what we saw Friday, Susan, was very telling. We saw a real turnaround in the crude oil market, which in turn created a short covering rally in the wheat side of the equation, too. So that tells us wheat and European wheat specifically and the crude oil are still the drivers. Will they be after the big reports next week? Not sure, but that's something to really watch for. That big turnaround in the crude was due to an attack on a Saudi Arabia oil facility, a storage facility by reportedly the Houthi rebels again. That really turned the market's attention back to wanting to cover shorts. And we saw that wheat really pick up with the crude. That's really key as we get into these reports and as we start to want to plant.
0: Darren, what's your thoughts on what's been happening within the crude and how you see it affecting the markets, not only this week, but going into next?
2: Yeah, I I, uh, I just think we have a real logistical nightmare on the crude. We just have more demand than we have supply, and we're not going to be able to change that anytime soon. And with Russian Ukraine skirmish going on, it's just not going to get any better. And we're going to improve demand as we move into drive season. And the charts look constructive. I mean, I can't see crude going down from these levels. It had that blow off top kind of, but then set back from 130 to 93 and it's based and had some cause building here. And I think we're moving up to 144 would be my next target and things get crazy. It could even go higher than that. Crude really is not that expensive compared to what it was in 08 if you adjust it for inflation. So this is a situation we've never seen. And I think that makes it more explosive And where crude goes, I think the oil seeds and the corn will follow.
0: Well, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, we do have some big reports that might uh, add a little bit of excitement uh, to the trade next week. So let's talk about this much anticipated acreage report. Um, Darren, are we going to see some of that corn versus bean wars going on or is wheat going to be kind of sitting in the background?
2: well you know i think corn's got some challenges with cotton and rice down south and spring wheat and oat uh, acres up north but we need to get over 92 million acres of corn i think we need to get over 89 and a half million acres of beans i just don't know if we have enough acres to do that i do know that a lot of times from the planning intentions the final acreage report you know price and weather has a lot to say with what the farmer plants as we can incentivize the farmer like in 2019 to keep planting corn even into June with those higher prices that year. And so we can make some changes there. I think the real surprise could be more so in the stocks report. And that always offers some shocking, um, maybe turns of events in the the market when we see those second quarterly uh, numbers come out. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but I think the acreage report will be interesting, but I think it could change quite a bit before we get to June.
0: All right, Mike, what are you thinking with these numbers coming out next week?
1: Yeah, I think the acreage numbers, like Darren, are very fungible at this point, not just because of the fertilizer issues, but because of the tar spot issues we saw last year for the corn-on-corn guys back in Illinois and the corn-on-corn ladies back in Indiana. I think the other thing, too, goes back to the chemicals and also the fuel prices. I think that's something that's come on late, Susan, as far as an issue for producers as they start to pay their bills. I think the corn stocks number is probably the biggest thing I will be watching because I was surprised with the export pace on tap and online with what we've done to date, the same as last year, which last year was a you know grand slam type corn marketing year volume terms. I was surprised to see us be at two, two and a half two point two 2.2% higher in stocks at around 7.86 billion. I would be surprised if it was that high. And I think that's where for me and my analysis, I really watch The grain stocks much more than the acreage report because that tends to keep the price trend, the spreads, the basis more intact in the longer term. And I feel that way even more so this year because of how questionable the acreage base is going to be, as Darren said, between March and May.
0: But a cattle and feed report that came out, it kind of, um, I think some folks get so caught up with the globals that we forgot uh, that we had this report. What were the numbers, Mike, and, and what do we see?
1: Yeah, this is coming off of a, a weekly export sales marketing year high and a trade deal with between the J- Japanese and the United States. Nice to have the Japanese back. I remember meeting several Japanese people um, and beef buyers specifically back in the late 90s and uh, really – trying to get more business from them in the export market and the tariffs started to work against us and now it seems like they're breaking that down so very welcome but the on feed number march one came in at 101.4 top end of the reuters range uh, 12.16 million head that will be the highest on record for march one susan Uh, placements also coming in on the top end of the range at 109.3 1.85 1.85 million head Marketings, though, they came in very strong above the highest trade guess of 104.6. They actually came in 105% better at 1.825 million head. Shows us that we are getting those exports out. We are killing, even though we can't see much during the week as far as cash trade. So I think that might help soften the blow with the fat cattle uh, g- against the feeders.
0: All right. I want to ask, Darren, uh, we do have a question of margins. What are you seeing for soybeans as, as we continue with the soybean report?
2: Well, you know, crush margins are really good. Uh, they're running anywhere from two to two fifty across the country in the spots. And if you look at the forward crush margins, they're still about quarter, buck fifty. And so, you know, the the bean demand should be good here in the second half of the marketing year from both the export side and the crush side. So I think that'll be supportive. And we really um gonna have a battle like like Mike said on these acres. I mean the fertilizer. Uh, the stocks report uh, the way the spreads go and right now you know that May over July is is 20 cents still and that says that we're using a lot of corn so I think this acreage battle is going to be interesting as we get into planting April May and into that time frame. but both have good demand and good fundamentals behind them so it's going to be interesting
0: wheat greening up Mike and is there a chance uh that we could have a decent crop coming out of Kansas
1: I think there's a chance but it's a small chance I'm still on an all wheat basis yield wise I'm still three to five bushels below USDA I I think 49 bushels is way too high of an expectation so that's another big thing to be watching here in the next couple months
0: all right sounds good thank you to both of you for joining us this week just a reminder commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable for all investors and that's been the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup right here on the Rural Radio Network.